This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Everybody and welcome to episode 18 of Spin Control, Waste Not. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh, and I am so happy to be back with you again. We're going to start this podcast out with some updates and some housekeeping and talk about some issues that I wasn't really aware that I was having, but I fixed them once I became aware. Anyhow, to start off with the housekeeping, I'm recording this show a day early. I had to skip knit night tonight and record and stay home and get a few things done because the next, oh, six days or so, my life is pretty booked and I know that if I don't do it now, I won't get it done and I'm not ready to take a break yet. So I can't record tomorrow because I actually have a sleep study, which is, you know, not a super big deal except I have to report to the sleep center at like 8.30 at night and stay until who knows what time in the morning. And I don't really think I'm going to have the opportunity to record there. In addition to that, I have a big mini vacay planned for this coming weekend. So I won't really be able to do any editing. So I have to start early so I can finish early. Hopefully this podcast will be posted on Friday instead of Saturday before we head out of town for our fun. In addition in housekeeping, apparently some of my early episodes were missing from iTunes. Thank you so much to my knit girl, Erin, who brought that to my attention. I had absolutely no idea. Um, Apparently, the software that I use, or the provider I use, has settings that limit the number of episodes that are in your feed if you want to. I was able to adjust that. And now, for those of you who are relatively new to the podcast, if you are the kind of person who likes to go back and catch up on all those old episodes, they should all be there. I double-checked to make sure they were listed, and I was able to see them the other day. So if you were curious what happened to episodes like 1 through 10, they're back up and on iTunes now and ready to be downloaded. So that's really all I've got in housekeeping and updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. And now it's on to spin a tail. And this week we are going to cover the topic, Waste Not, Want Not. That is the title sake for this episode. And I actually have one of the listeners to thank for the idea to cover it. Right after Tour de Fleece ended, I got a Ravelry message from one of the listeners, Lily Shop, with three Ps at the end, asking me what I do with the leftover bits of yarn when I'm plying. First, she asked if I actually had leftover bits of yarn when I ply. And of course, the answer is yes, I always have leftover singles. So... Um, I ran through a bunch of things that I do with my leftover singles when I'm plying if they don't mix in. I always have a little bit. I mean, it's not necessarily a ton. Sometimes it's more than others. It depends. Like, I had quite a bit leftover from the first skein when I was doing the Tour de Fleece on the spindle because, I mean, it was a really dramatic difference between the first ounce and the second ounce and the results I got there. The single from the first ounce was 138 yards. The single from the second and the third ounces and the fourth were all between like 195 and 212. So I had a 60 yard single left over when I finished plying and I actually have strategies for approaching that stuff. 
waste not want not is something that I kind of practice everywhere not just in spinning of course but also in knitting and in things around the house and you know little stuff like that but before I talk about some of those strategies I want to let you know that I'm careful I waste not with care because if I kept every little thing that might possibly be a waste I would totally be a hoarder I don't necessarily use things that have a use but sometimes I'll find new homes for them so that they don't go to waste but I don't always have I mean that's I guess a strategy in and of itself is if I can't use it I find someone who can I'm not a hoarder thankfully I could be a hoarder I think maybe when I'm like 80 and it's just me and the cats I'll be hoarding like old newspapers or something like that but today not a hoarder I do have substantial collections of things that I don't want to go to waste though alright so in spinning one of the things that I do so that I'm not wasteful is when I get down to that last bit of single that doesn't have a partner for plying I use it to practice my Navajo plying I haven't actually taken on a project a complete project where I Navajo plied but I'll take that extra 60 yards or whatever and I'll Navajo ply it up or I'll spin it on itself in a two ply and then swatch with it sometimes like I'll make I've made like a coffee cup koozie and a beer can koozie out of my little Navajo ply scraps and if I don't feel like doing that or I don't have enough I can knit it up or crochet it up and do like a wash test or a color fastness test on it so that it doesn't actually go to waste I mean even if I put it in the washer and it gets completely destroyed it served a purpose it did not go to waste even if it ends up in the garbage or like as felt fodder for some future project it didn't go to waste I found a use for it also scraps from regular yarn I'm one of those people that keeps them all unless they become a tangled horrid mess and they can't be used again those are not listed in my stash by the way so I keep those and I have like a reusable grocery bag full of them and every now and again when I don't know what I want to knit I'll just grab a ball of scrap or out of the bag and I'll knit a beer koozie I knit a lot of beer koozies they're fun and coffee cup koozies they're super simple it's something that you can start and finish in like a primetime episode of television and feel accomplished get your mojo back get your hands used to knitting if you've put it down for a while and of course the yarn doesn't go to waste that's just one of the things that I do I also have um, an increasing stack of little fabric pieces that are building up over here so those don't go to waste not sure what I'm gonna do with them yet but they're cute up to now I've been using them to ruin in an effort to make a little you know zipper coin purse and that's not really going very well I haven't really been very successful in that but that's what I do and those are some of the ways that I approach scraps I know every knitter and every sewer and every spinner has a different philosophy on what to do with those extra bits and for me I apply a waste not approach and I find another way to use it and that is all I have in spin a tail All right, everybody, it turns out that my 12-year-old decided to come in and interrupt my recording session, but I just have to say that I'm super-duper proud of her because she made her softball team. It's tryouts this week, and she kicked butt. You want to say hello? Hi. Is that all you have? Basically. All right. I love you. Go to bed. Get. All righty. This week in Spinning My Wheels... 
we're going to start off with the crafts that have been a little bit more sparse and then go on to the heavy lifters. To start with, Spinning and I are still on a break. <sighs> That's okay. We'll get it back here soon, probably after my mini vacay. And in knitting, knitting's kind of been strange. I finished those socks last week. That was pretty cool, and I didn't cast another thing on because I really want to get cobblestone done. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, though, because, like, the next Knit Club shipment has come, and I really, really, really love the yarn. It's very, very pretty. Colors I totally dig. And both of the patterns are actually quite interesting. Unlike last shipment, where I really had no interest in the patterns, this shipment, I may actually have to make a tough choice between the two of them. Of course, Lord knows, I have enough sock yarn that I'll be able to make the other pattern if I choose. But I'm not sure where I want to start with that. But I haven't cast it on because I'm dedicating myself in knitting to cobblestone. Okay, cobblestone and I are like dating. We went to the drive-in the other day, and when I get done with this podcast, we're going to go watch Men Who Stare at Goats, if that's the name of that movie. We have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. I'm going to drag cobblestone along to my sleep study. Yeah, uh, the two-hour drive to my mini vacay, it's going to be all cobblestone. Cobblestone's the only thing I'm taking with me on this long weekend that I've got coming up. So that's really all I have going on in knitting. And hopefully next week when I record, I will have made some monumental stride like I'm working on the sleeves or something like that. So that is where I am in knitting. So now on to the heavy hitter. This has been a humongous sewing week. So what have I been up to in sewing? I finished constructing eight cornhole bean bags. Now the cornhole bean bags were super duper simple. Literally, it's eight six by six square bean bags. Super simple. Totally sucked to fill them. However, they were easy to sew and get done. And I'll probably be finding corn in the craft room for years to come. In addition, I knocked out a bunch of bags. I was sitting here just hanging out and looking through my fat quarters and I decided that I was going to perfect the single fat quarter drawstring bag. And I did. I'm sure some other sewer out there in the world has already figured this out. But for me, I don't really follow patterns with sewing. I really did some origami magic and sewed one, two, three seams, and that was it. There was no cutting, no measuring. I just did it. It was pretty freaking awesome. Basically, you fold the bag, seam almost all the way around it, leaving a hole in the middle of the long seam, and then like turn inside out, press it, and you're done. It was so awesome. Um, a couple of folks commented on Twitter about how it sounded cool. So I think next time I attack the perfect fat quarter bag, I'm gonna put together a, a tutorial and I'll post that on my personal website. I love fat quarters. I'm not sure, I know we've talked about remnants before in the past, but my affinity for fat quarters at the right price, of course, is just about the same. I love getting a little bundle of fat quarters of a new fabric that I find absolutely gorgeous because there's no way I want to buy like a whole yard of it. So I'll spend, you know, $7.99 or $10.99 for four little fat quarters of this new fabric line. I'll make a couple bags out of it and it makes me totally happy because I get to try it and it doesn't, you know, 
get out of my grasp. And if I absolutely totally love it, I might use it in a larger project. But I like to sample things. I like to take little bits of this and that and make my little bags out of it. So I actually knocked out four drawstring bags. Only two of them, no, only three of them were the perfect no-cut drawstring bags. And the other one is a no-cut, but I don't really like it. It it was poorly planned to begin with, and I won't be making drawstring bags like that again. Um, and I made this cute little tote. It's like two different shades of marbled pink fabric, and it's a flat bottom little tote. Super cute, almost a drawstring, but I basically made a strap out of fabric and also made loops around the top of the bag out of fabric and kind of made a drawstring out of the fabric handle. You can carry it like a tote or as a longer handle like a drawstring. Makes me super happy. I have no idea whether or not any of that made sense, so I might end up cutting it out. Anyhow, that's what's been going on in spinning my wheels. Heavy, heavy sewing week. Totally dedicated to cobblestone in my knitting. This week, I'm going to put my spin on a book called Sulky Secrets to Successful Embroidery. I know, right? Totally strange. It's been a really, really, really heavy sewing week. So those of you that are dabbling, beginners, or those of you that have more experience, I just want to talk about this little book. This is like Sulky Book number 900B-15. Basically, it's a gigantic advertisement for the Sulky brand. I would liken Sulky to maybe like the Cascade 220 of sewing thread. It's the kind of product that you can find just about everywhere. For box store, it's like upper end box store sewing thread. And they make a decent embroidery thread, which is how I found them. But this book, let me tell you about this book. It's kind of like that sock book I reviewed before. To look at the cover, oh no, I would never touch it. It has some of the worst fonts in it. They maximize the space on every single page. You can hardly tell where one section stops and another section begins. When I was flipping through the book, I'm like, oh my, this book must have been made in like 1987. Just look at those color choices and fabric choices. And does anybody really wear shirts like that? Oh my God. But I was wrong. This book was made in 2006. Now I know it doesn't really sound like it, but this is actually a positive review of this book. It is the ugliest thing I have ever seen. But I was at Joann's Fabrics looking for a booklet on machine embroidery. Because you know how I was all spun up last week about machine embroidery. There are some very specific things that I would like to try to do, but without some instructions, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to accomplish them because they require notions and thread types and stabilizers and things like that that I simply have no familiarity with. So I was looking for a book. And actually, the knowledgeable woman at the Joann's Fabric and Craft here in my hometown steered me toward this book. She said, oh, I think there's a good one over here by the Sulky Thread. And Sulky actually carries, like, there were like four different books up there. I'm sure they have more. God, they're the ugliest things. Horrible. Horrible. However, they really have so much information in them, I could not pass it up. There are, the descriptions are all paired with projects. None of the projects I will ever do. However, 
The detailed instructions on how to accomplish these techniques are perfect. They tell you exactly what kind of stabilizer you need, exactly what weight of thread you would need. Of course, they're describing their own brands, but you could easily substitute any one of a dozen brands that sell similar products and get the same results. But their step-by-step -step instructions are so clear. They're coupled with photos. It is awesome. There's so much stuff in this. Ugh. Maybe the lesson that I am trying to get across, subconsciously of course, is that sometimes you got to get past the cover of the book. If she hadn't steered me over there, picked up the book and handed it to me, I would have never flipped through it. I would have passed it right by and never even looked inside of it. I believe they even had like a beginning sewing book and a couple other books over there that, oh my, there's just so much stuff in here, but it's just ugly, but it's made its home in my library and I am so happy to have it in my collection. Again, that is the Sulky Secrets of Successful Embroidery and I found it in my local Joann's actually on a display over by the Sulky Threads. So that was definitely not a place I expected to find a book this valuable, but check around in your local fabric store or larger craft stores to see what kind of indispensable, despite how ugly, materials there are at your disposal. This week I am all spun up about my mini vacation that is coming so soon. I cannot wait. This Friday, I took off work. I took off Monday and Tuesday as well. And me and three quarters of the rugby team are going to go hang out on the Merrimack River. Some of the highlights that I'm looking forward to are having zero connectivity. No phones, no internet, no work calls, nothing. It's going to be awesome. In addition, I can be on my own sleep schedule. My children are not invited. Now, I love my kids, but I did not make this rule. No children allowed. Even the people that own the property we're going to go hang out on are not bringing their kids. So, my mother-in-law will have the babies. I can sleep in as long as I want, stay up as late as I want. I won't have the dogs either, so I won't have to get up at 6.30 in the morning to let them out. It's going to be awesome. And, it's been so super hot. So the chance to go hang out in the sometimes frigid Merrimack River is going to be awesome. It's going to be cooling and refreshing and a wonderful time. The Merrimack is such a clean, beautiful, clear river. I love it. It's going to be so much fun. And here comes the nine-year-old. Are you going to come say hello? Hello. I'm, I'm recording. What are you doing? Don't whisper in my ear. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. You're so silly. You'll have to show me later. Okay. Oh, somebody did knit a pair of boobies, but it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. I love you. Close the door. You didn't want to say hello again? Goodbye? Goodbye, then. <laughs> there, you got your goodbye. Now, bye. Love you, babe. <laughs> Apparently, my entire family decided that they were going to make their podcast to debut tonight. That was the nine-year-old coming in to tell me 
that somebody knitted boobies. I'm not sure if you've seen the patterns for these on Ravelry. I'll totally have to link to them. But anyway, I was not there, so I don't know how the subject came up. But she came in to tell me that her father told her I knitted boobies. Then he showed her the knitted boobies online. Crazy. I didn't knit boobies. But I know people that have. <laughs> oh, so now back to why I'm all spun up. That kid cracks me up. She's definitely worth getting all spun up over. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I get my mini vacay. I'm totally happy for the long weekend. I've been working super hard getting ready for a conference that is in two weeks in Texas. And oh my goodness, there's just so much stuff, right? So I've been working like a little extra late every night this week because other people are depending on me for these products and I'm going to be gone for like three straight work days. So I had to get everything done in advance so that I did not fall behind and I managed it. Tomorrow I have to go to work for a half day and then I'm off until Wednesday and it's going to be awesome and it's definitely worth being all spun up about. Well, it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. It has been an interesting recording night. I guess they're just not used to having me home on Wednesday night, so they're not sure what to do with themselves. Crazy. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really glad that you are out there listening. Thanks to my returning listeners for coming back again and again. And thank you to all the new listeners for giving us a try. Wow, if this is your first episode, you're really getting an adventure. My kids don't normally make um, an appearance on the show. That was totally crazy that they both did in the same night, totally inadvertently. Hilarious. There really isn't a whole lot to say to close this show out. I'm glad you're here. I hope you keep coming back for more. I failed to pick a song because I'm totally off my normal recording schedule. This episode will be hung up early. And then I'll be back to my normal schedule next week. Thanks again for stopping by. As always, check the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl or follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl maid. Thanks again, guys. Talk to you soon. When I was just a boy. Bye.